Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you what, we just, we, we, if anything was in the way right now between you and God, uh, I can't imagine it's still there. You know what I mean? I just can't imagine it's still there. Hi, baby. It's my granddaughter. All right. <laughs> All right. And so I just can't imagine that it's still there, man. It just, it just, it just how, how can you experience worship like that? You know what I mean? And just in the presence of God and say, well, you know what I mean? It just ain't possible. Amen. Amen. So, so while we're here, I need you to pray with me. I need you to pray with me right now. And uh, we're going to lift up Israel. All right, now, 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 hold on a second. All right, because we have a prayer, I believe, that is preeminent to any other prayer when it comes to Israel, when it comes to anybody. And that is that they would recognize the blood of Jesus Christ has been poured out for all of them. Amen. That they would recognize that the blood of Jesus Christ has been poured out for all of them and that, and that they would turn to Christ and that Palestine would turn to Christ and that, and that, and that uh, you know, one of those other places, Iran and Iraq and, and all those other places, man, everybody's all crazy. All right. That they would just turn to Christ, that they would recognize the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for all of them. Amen. Amen. And so, Father, we praise you right now. In the name of Christ Jesus, we lift up your, your, the mighty name of Christ, Lord God, above all names, Lord God, above all things, Lord God. We lift up Jesus, Lord God, and we pray, Lord God, for Israel. We pray for the people, Israel, Lord God, that they would recognize, that they would know, that all of them would know that Jesus gave his life for them, and all of them would know that the story has already been written, and they are a huge part of this story, and we pray in the name of Christ that they would recognize that, that Father, you, God, the one that they call the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, that you, Lord God, has sent your son, Lord God, all right, to, to span the gap that we've created from our sin, that Israel even created from their sin, to span the gap, Lord God, and that he shed his blood on the cross, that he gave his life on the cross, Lord God, that he died, that he was buried, and that he rose again, Amen. Hallelujah, and that he is alive today, and he is their king as well as our king. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen? Amen. All right, man, we trust those facts. That's crazy, right? That's a crazy prayer. That's a good prayer, right? And we pray that prayer, and we're like, man, that sounds so good. But you know what I mean? We go, but, you know, um, we're always like, you know what? Yeah, sounds good, but I mean, really? Come on, man. It's not, how realistic is that prayer? Extremely realistic. I mean, it's, it's scriptural. Eventually they will in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, he says this, right? I will pour out on the house of David, Israel and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy. So that when they look on me, on him whom they pierced, who do you think he's talking about? When they look on him who they've pierced, They'll mourn for him as one mourns for an only child. He'll weep bitterly over him as one weeps for his firstborn. This is what the Spirit of the Lord said through Zechariah. This is, they, they have this in their scripture. They know this, all right? And this, to me, that sounds like repentance, right? So pray for that healing. The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, one of my favorite Homeboy's verses right here. I am not ashamed. You know what I mean? I am not ashamed. 
of the, you know, of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and then for everyone else. That's what it's meant by the Greek back then. This is what the word of God says. All we need to do is agree with God. Amen. That's all we need to do right now is just agree with God. Pray for that belief. Pray for Israel and pray for everyone you think of that might be far from the truth of Jesus Christ. You see the gospel, right? You, the gospel is, is the healing of the human race. The gospel is the healing of the human race. No matter who's president, no matter who's leading what country or what goes on, no matter what, the gospel is the healing of the human race because Jesus Christ came to seek and save the lost. All right? The lost are those who just don't know they can know Jesus. Those who don't know that they can know Jesus. And we know a lot of people that don't know that they can know Jesus. I used to be a person that didn't know I can know Jesus. You used to be a person that did not know you can really, truly, honestly, lovingly know Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hey, welcome to the church. Amen. I know, man. How's everybody doing? Right on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Where's, where's, uh, where are we at? There we are. Heber, what's up? Stand up, say what's up. You don't have to stand up. Just say what some of you already stood up. See, now I, got, I had the privilege of out there. I got to preach out there a couple of weeks ago. That's why I wasn't here two weeks, two Sundays ago. Had a blast out there. It was awesome. Pray for that church. They're growing like crazy. You guys are just knocking it out of the park. Changing the community is pretty awesome. All right. And so, uh, yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah. We had almost, we had last, two Sundays ago, I don't know what was happening, we had like almost like 91 people out there, man. It was pretty crazy. That's pretty good. Heber, you, have you ever driven through Heber? Do you see 91 people at one place at one time? And not really. All right. Praise the Lord. Where are you guys at? Right on, man. You guys are doing something special. The Lord is doing it through you, though. It's pretty amazing. So we're in the book of Luke, all right? I don't know if you've been around much. We've been going through the book of Luke. We've been here almost two years now. Do you notice that? This January, it'll be two years we've been in the book of Luke. Yeah. We're like, we're like, we're just, we're checking it out. You know what I mean? We ain't just trying to run past it. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to see what God is doing, what's happening, right? And we're all about that. Amen. And so like this week we're in Luke chapter 19, but here's what's crazy. When we started this journey, all right, in Luke, through Luke, we called Luke the gospel, all right, for the, for the streets, all right? We called it the gospel for the streets, right? Basically a street guide to Jesus because Luke has that kind of feel when you read through the gospel of Luke, you know, you have the gospel of Matthew, the gospel of Mark, the gospel of Luke, the gospel of John, all right? And, and all of them have a certain kind of little flavor and lean to it as they talk about, as they've all followed Jesus and give their account of following Christ. But Luke kind of, he kind of gives this, this, this feel of like, you know what, where, where Jesus wasn't trying to miss anybody. All right, he has this basically this bottom-up Jesus, all right, is reaching humanity with his gospel, right? And in and Luke, we see that Jesus, he wanted to make sure that no one was missed, not, you know, where the kid, all right, wasn't missed, where the, the female wasn't missed, where the outcast wasn't missed, you know, every, no one was missed. And the story that we're in today is glaring to that fact. We're in a story, right, uh, that, that is, is, you might have heard of it about a guy named Zacchaeus. Anybody ever heard that story before? Zacchaeus, anybody heard that name? Some of you might have heard that name, maybe sung some of those songs. All right. And, and Zacchaeus, you know, Jesus is cruising along, right, and he runs into this guy that, that nobody, nobody likes this guy. Everybody hates this guy, and I'll share a reason why. 
but except for Christ, Christ loves him. And it's pretty amazing how he reaches out to this guy. So let's pray, and then uh, let's check out Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. That's where we're at today. So, Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor, and we give you glory, Lord God. And we're so thankful, Lord God, that, uh, that we can even pray prayers like that for Israel and, and stand here, Lord God, and pray for your glory to be revealed, Lord God, all over the world. And thank you, Lord God, that it has definitely been revealed here and that we are partakers, we are partners in that, in that revealing of your glory, Lord God. And we just want to give you thanks. And we thank you for Jesus. Father, pray for guidance through this word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So let's check out this story, man. All right, I don't often do this, all right, but um, today's title of today's message is Jesus Saves. Pretty simple, right? You're like, tell me something I don't know. Well, you know what? I don't know if we actually do know how much and how well and how deeply Christ saves. So we're going to take a look at that today. Amen? All right, I even wore a shirt today that says Jesus. All right, so we know, right? Praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> Shout it, man. All right. And so chapter 19 of Luke, verse 1. All right, we're catching up with Jesus. He's moving along. All right, he's on his way to Jerusalem. All right, he says he entered Jericho, and he was just passing through. He was passing through. He had a place to go, right? He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's still about 24 miles away, you know, uh, you know from, from Jerusalem. All right, about, about another day's journey or so, all right? Uh, but he's a, and he's about a week and a half, maybe, a week-ish or a week and a half uh, before the cross, before, before Christ. Check this out. He's about, a, he, he, in this story right here, he's about a week, maybe a little bit more than a week, all right, from the cross where he's going to be crucified for your sins and for my sins. That's a big statement. And I think we need to think about that. And we need to let that sink in. See, he was alive. Jesus was alive. He had friends, man. All right, he had friends, all right? He, he, he enjoyed things in life, all right? He, he enjoyed living, all right? And he, he enjoyed, you know, eating and hanging out and laughing. I, I know this, right? Because it's evident throughout the scriptures. But yet, he loved you and he loved me more than he loved life itself. And in this story, man, he, he knows where he's going. Not everybody else hasn't even really got the, got, you know, got the clue yet about what he's doing yet, but he knows what's up. He knows he's got about another week before he gives it all up on the cross for you and for me and for the whole humanity, even people who don't care. And in verse two, it says, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. His name, Zacchaeus, actually has its root, meaning, in, in meaning pure and innocent. And it's crazy, man, because when you read the story and you recognize he was a chief tax collector, that means that everybody who knew him thought he was everything but pure and innocent. If they were going to think he was pure anything, they would probably call him pure evil, right? Because he was the chief tax dude. Right, he was a hated man, and it wasn't because he just collected taxes. He wasn't hated just because he collected taxes. He practiced something that all the tax collectors back there practiced. It was called tax farming. 
And basically, a tax collector would go to work for the Roman government, which the Jewish people were like totally oppressed by. He would go to work for the Roman government. The Roman government said, collect such and such taxes. Anything you collect on top of that, you get to keep. So if I'm going to collect 10 bucks from you for the Roman government, I'm going to add another 10 or another five at least just so I can have a cut. And that's how they made their money. And the fact that this cat was rich, he was really, really, really pushing it. All right? He was motivated more by the, I mean, the, every tax collector was highly motivated by increasing the taxes as high as they possibly could. He was the chief tax collector, too. It's the only time you'll see this word in the scriptures, chief, chief tax collector is this cat. You'll see tax collector, but this was the chief. He was like the chief extortioner. He was like the mob boss, all right? He was like the mob boss. Everyone, all right, would have thought him to be the furthest from God because of the way he exploited God's people. He was rich because he was good at his job. Ruining people's life was his business, and guess what? Business was good. That's how it was for this cat, but something was different, man. In verse three, it said he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he, he could not. Because he was a little dude. He was short, small in stature. All right? So he was seeking, he was actively pursuing to see God. Something changed in his life. Somewhere along the line, something changed. Something that, that maybe people couldn't see. Something that maybe he couldn't even name right, or explain. But he still, he knew he needed to see Jesus. See, you and I, we're here, man. You're here. You're here today because something changed in your life. Yeah. Or something is changing right now in your life. You're starting to see less and less of yourself and you're, act you're actively trying to pursue more and more of Christ. <laughs> Maybe you don't even understand it yourself. You don't even know why am I not actually here right now. I'm still trying to figure this out. Your heart is pulling you towards God and your mind is pushing you back. You ever have that happen? I could explain it a little deeper, man. You ever sing a worship song and all of a sudden you just, for some reason, you start crying, you don't understand? You're like, what the heck's going on here? All right, your heart is pulling, you're singing these songs, man, or you're hearing a message and you just start feeling like emotional. All right, what is happening in that moment, I believe, is our heart is pulling us towards God. We're recognizing our spirit is reaching out for God, but our, our, our mind is going, wait, 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 wait. And there's this pull and there's this push taking place and it creates this stress in our mind and our emotions just start to reveal the stress that's taking place here, man, because ah, but I can't, ah, but I don't know. I'm good coming right here, but I don't know if it's all. Every one of us have had these experiences of reaching for God and pushing away him, pushing him away at the same time. But this guy right here, man, he was determined. I almost called him this little dude. All right, I just did, didn't I? I just called him a little dude. I don't know. This little homie right here. He ran on ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree. You ever see sycamore trees? They kind of lean, some of them have really long, like, you could almost walk up some of them. Have you ever been in Payson? Or not in Payson, what's the town I'm thinking of? Sedona, all right? They have some really big sycamore trees there. You can actually kind of walk up some of them. They're really thick, all right? He ran up and he climbed up into a sycamore tree so that he could see them because he was about to pass that way. 
He was dead set on not missing Jesus, amen? He was gonna see him. He was like, I don't care. There's a big crowd. There's a big crowd. I can't see. I can't see. I'm gonna climb up this tree and I'm gonna see Jesus no matter what it takes, right? And we look at this dude and we're totally in this corner. We're cheering him on. Go, dude, go, go, go. Here, man, let me help you up, right? But check this out. Why is it so easy to cheer this cat on, but so easy to judge and dismiss others that we think can never know Christ? Why is it so easy to judge and dismiss other people that, that we think, now nah, they're, they're never, have you ever done that? <laughs> yeah, they're lost cause, no hope. If they're still breathing, there's hope. Amen? All right? There's hope. I mean, we're right here, man, we're, we're looking at people like, what the heck? No way, no way. But here, man, we're rooting for a mob boss. All right? We're, we're rooting for the bad guy. We even wrote a song about this guy. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. All right? You might have heard that song. All right? We wrote a song about this cat. Yet that neighbor that is constantly annoying us, that coworker that thinks it's their mission to bug us, that, that classmate that just seems like the most arrogant person on the planet, they're not even worthy of our prayers. How come? I shared this with some of you before, but one, I remember one time I was really, really angry when we first started the uh, the recenter. I was just I was just looking at the, the drug problem. We actually have a huge drug problem up here. I realized this about 13 years ago, 14 years ago. I didn't think it was that big up here, and I started getting involved in the court system and finding out what's going on in our court system and stuff like that. And I realized how big our drug problem was. And I started thinking, you know, back in the day, what I would do to get rid of a competition. And I would just take the drug dealer out myself, all right? And I thought, well, that's really not an option anymore because I'm a Christian. Um, so I got to figure out a new plan, right? You know what I mean? I got to come up with a new plan, all right? So, so what am I going to do now? And so another thing, I thought, well, how can, well, maybe we can get rid of the clientele, all right? I'm so sorry, just reaching people they were just stuck on drugs, man, and just trying to help them out of that mix and just get them out of that world and just kind of love on them and bring them. And we're still doing this today, all right? And I remember back, back then, it was you know, probably, about, you know, probably about 10 years ago, maybe, you know, and when we were getting ready to start, when we just started the recenter. And uh, everybody kept telling me about this dealer, this one dealer in town. He was the main dealer. I'll just call him Dealer Dan for now because I don't want to put him on blast, all right? Um, and then you'll find out why in a minute. Uh, but I remember I, I, I kept hearing about this dealer, man. I'm like, you know what? I kept feeling like I was angry at this guy because I saw how his drugs were trashing people's lives. And God was telling me, man, you need to start praying for this dude. I was like, God, I really don't want to. You know what I mean? I don't want to pray for him. You know what I mean? Just get rid of him. I kept telling God, just get rid of him. Just get rid of him. Just get him out of town. And I didn't realize when I was doing that, I actually was praying for the guy. And then I start praying even more of a godly prayer. God, either, get him, either, either bring him to you or get him out of town. Either bring him to you, either, either preach him the gospel or get him out of town. One day, man, I'm driving out to uh, like Payson. I'm heading out to Payson. I see this dude walking in, in the rain with a bag, with a duffel bag on his back, kind of like walking in the rain. And I pull up on this dude and I'm like, hey, bro, you need a ride? 
He's where are you going? He says, I'm just going out to Linden, going out to Linden, right? Or, or someplace, or Clay Springs or something like that. Anyways, he's heading out of town. And then he was, he said, I, he got in the truck. I said, I'll give you a ride out there. I'm heading that way. Got in the truck, we started talking. I said, where are you going? So I'm just trying to get out of town, man. He goes, I got you know, a ride there that's going to get me you know, down to Phoenix and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's messed up, man. I go, what happened? He goes, he goes man, I just lost everything. Everything just kind of went, and my life just went crazy. And I started telling him about Jesus, right? And I started telling him, man, that you know what? All is not lost, bro. Christ loves you. And the homeboy goes, um, are you Ernie? <laughs> no, he said, are you Pastor Ernie, right? And I said, yeah, why? And he said, well, you know, and I'm changing his name. He goes, I'm Dealer Dan. And I'm like, what the crap? You know what I mean? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry. All right. I'm like, what the heck? All right, pretend that didn't edit. All right. All right. I'm like, what the heck? My wife's going to yell at me for that one. All right. Um, I'm like, what the heck, man? I go, what? And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, God, you know what? I've been praying for you to get this guy out of town. Here I am giving him a ride, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I've been praying for you to tell this guy about Jesus, and here I am preaching the gospel to him. You know what I mean? It's like, what the heck, man? So, so, so you just don't know. See, I tell you that story because you know what the very least we can do is the most we can do, and that's pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's pretty amazing. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you and me, we're just, we're, I'm not a superhero. But we're just me and you. We're just doing this. I can, you know what? If I can, I look at this, man. If Jesus loves me, dang, he's really, I love you guys. You know what I mean? Because I know what it took. All right. I know what it took, man. Praise the Lord. Amen. And if he can use me, he can use any of you, man. This is our story. Amen. Look what he says here, man. He says, and when, and when Jesus came to, to, to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come on down. For I need to stay at your house today. I must. He said, I must stay at your house today. And it's crazy, man. When I was reading this, it struck me, man. I was like, you know, it seemed like the whole town is out there, right? And then the whole, the streets are crowded so much that he had to run and find a tree to climb up just so he can see Jesus walk through town. Why in the world, out of the whole town of Jericho, does Jesus look at this guy and start talking to him? Why him? Debbie and I were talking about this this week. We were kind of just hanging out talking about this. And she actually came up with something I thought was pretty good, man. She said, maybe all the people there, maybe all the people that were along the street and maybe they were just thinking how Jesus needs to see them. Well, Zacchaeus was the only one that actually knew he needed to see Jesus. Uh, man, you're, you're probably dead on right there. Because too often we think that Jesus needs to look in on us, on our life, on our accomplishments. Did you see that? All right. On our struggles, man, are you seeing this? On our victories, man, boom, man, what do you think of that? On our hurts, man, where are you at? We have this, you need to see me mindset when true healing, when true happiness, when true joy happens, when we look to seek Jesus and we see Jesus, amen? amen. Isaiah 40 verse nine said this, he told Israel, go up on the mountains, O Zion, herald of good news, you got good news, lift up your voice with strength, he says, O Jerusalem, O herald of good news, he says, lift it up, don't be afraid, fear not, say to the cities, behold your God. 
Look at him, man. Go and look at him. Go and see him. Go and stare at him. Go and glare at him. Just behold him with your eyes. Grab a hold of him with your sight and don't let him go. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. How much of you are allowing, how much of you are you allowing to come after Christ? What are you holding back? How much of you are you allowing to just come after him and behold him? And what are you holding back? What's keeping you from climbing that tree, no matter who's looking, no matter what? It was crazy, man. When he, when he did, when he did, Jesus said this, I'm kicking it at your place today, homie. That's what he said. He said, he's up in the tree, and look at the, you know, and then look at the Jesus. Jesus looking at me, yo, staying at your place. Man, call your wife, tell her, warm up the tortillas, man. I'm coming right over. All right? And he said that in front of everybody. He said that in front of everybody, man. I mean, this is the dude that everybody looked down on. All right, they looked down on him socially. They looked down on him civilly. They looked down on him relationally. They looked down on him physically. He was a little dude, all right? And Jesus made him larger in life. He said, I'm coming to your house. Wow. Praise the Lord, amen. Does it blow you away? This is our God. This is our King. This is our Jesus. This is our, this is our Savior. And so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. When I believed that, when I truly believed and trusted that Jesus loved me, I've been told a lot through my life by one lady, my grandma. But when I actually believed it, when I believed it, when I trusted that he loved me, before I even tried to be a good person, it freaked me out and I came running. I mean, why wouldn't we, right? Doesn't it freak you out to know? That, like Paul says in Romans, but, but God shows his love for us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. He didn't wait to see how good you were, how much potential you had. We all have potential. Hey, none of us good. Amen. Check this out. And when they saw it, look at verse seven. When they, the crowd, saw it, they grumbled. What? Are you kidding? We're all here, right here. And you're looking at that guy? Apparently, you ain't who you think you are. You're not who you said you were. They said he's going to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. Seems like no matter what, all right? And no matter what, there's always going to be haters, man. There's always going to be haters trying to disprove God's goodness. What is crazy? Jesus loves haters. Did you know that? Jesus loves haters, man. And these guys are looking at Jesus, right? And they're looking at him like, you know what? If he's a good man, uh, you know, he's not going to be good very long because he's going over that guy's house. And they're looking at him and they're thinking, you know what? He's not as good as we thought he was, I guess. Apparently, this is his company. Or he must be condoning this guy's evil, which makes him not good at all. What's crazy is the natural thought isn't that good will overcome evil, but rather that 
good is going to get burnt by evil, no matter what. The, 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 the natural thought here isn't, and even today, many times, is that, is that good is not going to be overcome by evil. You know, evil, evil, evil. Get away, get away, get away, get away. I don't want you to mess up my good, because you're just going to burn my good. Why is it so often assumed that if a good person is, 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 is hanging out or talking with a bad person, he or she must not be all that good? I mean, if anyone needs to kick it with this guy, it's Jesus, amen? amen? You want Jesus at his house, all right? Are you tired of paying, overpaying for taxes? You want Jesus, can you talk to this guy, please? <laughs> amen? Jesus wasn't dirty because he chose to, to eat with Zach, nor was he going to be made dirty by, by, Zach, by Zachariah, or whatever the cat's name again, Zach, Zacchaeus, right? He's trying to help me out over here. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, it's Zacchaeus, okay, got that? Right, thank you, man, appreciate that. <laughs> Jesus was the embodiment, he was the embodiment of pure good. The very good of God, like Pastor Justin shared last week, all right, when he stated that, 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 that God is, is the author of good, he's the source of good, he's the definition of good. And only the goodness of God can influence evil to look to Jesus. Only the goodness of God can influence the bad to look to the good of Christ. See, our problem is we often make it so hard for ourselves to see people that are truly looking for Jesus. We make it so hard for ourselves to see somebody who's truly looking for Jesus, even if they're not giving all the signs. They're not wearing a Jesus shirt. You're not doing all this other stuff, but you know what? Why, why is it so hard, man? I mean, you guys know Kat Von D? Anybody heard of Kat Von D? All right, she's a tattoo artist. All right, nobody wants to admit it. What's the matter with you guys? All right, <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, she had a show, a tattoo, a reality tattoo show called LA Inc. All right, she's an amazing tattoo artist. All right, she gave her life to Jesus Christ, man. It was pretty amazing. All right, she, she, um, she put her baptism video on Instagram and showed all of her homies in the church, man, watching her be baptized and just unashamedly just declaring Jesus Christ as Lord of her life. <clears throat> and once she put her baptism video on Instagram, the Christian community criticized her and mocked her all over social media. I was like, what the heck's going on here, man? What's happening with you people? Not you people, but the people that were doing that. I mean, we should be celebrating this, knowing that, that she couldn't have done that on her own. You recognize nobody can come to Jesus on their own. We realize that, right? We have to realize this was a work of God. And so what you're actually saying is God is not doing this, all right? Look at Jesus. He said in John 6, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. So this was a work of God. I saw all that stuff. I sent, I sent her a message. I don't know if she got it or not. I mean, it was with about a million other messages. And I just said, hey, kids, so awesome. All right, I've been a pastor for quite a long time, over 20 years now, and have prayed for you. I actually have prayed for her and among a bunch of other people I pray for all the time, all right, that are just in the media that I'll never meet or whatever. All right, I actually have prayed for you over 20 years or for, for, for a long time now and uh, so that you would know that you are so loved by Jesus. It's so awesome to see that you know. I said, welcome to the family, homegirl, love you. 
That's what we're supposed to do, right? These people grumbled. Well, you know what Zacchaeus did? Check this out, verse 8. He says, he stood and he said to the Lord, behold, check this out, Lord. That's how Zacchaeus talked. You know, we just have the, you know, translation, different translation. All right? So check this out. He said, behold, Lord, half my goods I'm going to give to the poor half of everything I got. You know, there was a story we just saw last, cha- last chapter 18 where a rich man came to Jesus, fell on his knees and said, you know what? What do I have to do to receive eternal life? He's talking about the commandments. He said, I've done all that. He said, sell everything you got, man, follow me. Dude walked away. He said, I can't do that. He said, it'd be easier. And they, they said, well, well who, you know, who then could be saved? He said, well, they, they said, or they, they asked Jesus, what's up, man? This is crazy. He said, it's going to be easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to, uh, you know, to inherit eternal life. They said, who could be saved? He says, with, with man, you know, with God, all things are possible, he said. And right here, man, we're watching a camel go through an eye of a needle. He said, Lord, I gave all half my goods. I'm going to give it to the poor. And if I defrauded anyone of anything, I'm going to restore that even more. He said, I'll give half of it away. And then when I got left, I'm going to restore fourfold. Somebody went cold turkey. It's right, went cold turkey right then, right there. It's like an addict who gives up drugs, man, or alcohol in an instant. He gave up what was controlling him, what was lording over him. He gave up his money and, 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 and his lifestyle immediately. We have all these different things that are going to help us, like, you know, give up addictions and craziness and stuff that's lording over our life, all right? We have 12-step programs. We have, you know, counseling programs. They're all real good. I'm really, I believe they're really, really helpful. But you know what? You can't put it in front of the one-step program. The one-step. All right? And that one-step says, you know what? You're God. I'm not. I'm yours. What do you want me to do? That's one step. All that other stuff can help you out. It's good. I believe in it. You know what I mean? But giving lordship to Christ is what's important. And if, 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 this, if this is what, and when we look at this, if we, this is what true repentance looked like for someone who was widely known as evil and self-centered, then should it look any different for us? Let's close out with these last two verses right here. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. And what's taking place right there is pretty crazy. Jesus, who is salvation, came to homeboy's house, all right, and became Lord of his life and even restored his dignity as a Jew because the Jewish people were saying, he ain't a son of Abraham, he ain't none of that because look what he's doing to us. Well, now Jesus restored all that. It's pretty awesome how he does that. How Christ himself, he gave me back my innocence that I thought I lost over the years. And he gives it back to you too. It's one thing that we always think that because before we knew Christ, we think that one thing we thought that will never be restored in our life, that innocence that we lost. Christ restores that. He gives it back. That's a whole nother sermon right there. We got time. Let's do it. No, just kidding. <laughs> we ain't got <laughs> For the Son of Man, here's our, here's our verse, man. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Just because a person has been living just a crazy life or a life of any sin, it doesn't cancel their right to appeal to the mercy of Jesus Christ. So once again, this gospel 
This gospel is for the outcast. It's a gospel for the streets. It's a street guide to Jesus. And before you trip on that, remember that we were all outcasts before we knew Jesus. Every one of us. In our own particular way, fashion, or style. So what I want you to do about that. It's going to be kind of an oversimplification, but if you just kind of go through what we said right now, you'll recognize that the detail is in your commitment. You understand what I just said? I'm going to share with you something that's kind of seemed like an oversimplification. But when I share it, recognize that the detail to this is in the commitment. So what I want you to do, I want you to, to know that you know Jesus and make Jesus known. Know that you know Jesus and make Jesus known. Right? Know that you know Jesus and make Jesus known. Believe and trust the gospel. Believe and trust the gospel of Jesus Christ. Recognize, man, okay, it's not just a belief, man. It is a trust. It is the life that says, this changed my life. All right? This, this changes everything. Believe and trust the gospel. And then share the gospel, man. Share the gospel. Share it as you pray for your neighbor, as you pray for that coworker, as you pray for that classmate, or whoever it is. And allow God to use your life as a gospel message, to use your mouth as a gospel presentation. Here's what I know, man. You, you got saved, right? Many, many of you, maybe some of you are still kind of tripping it out. And just where I can remind you, some of you say, well, I'm still on the fence. There is no fence. You're over here or you're over here, all right? Where you at, all right? Believe and trust the gospel. Know that you know that you know Jesus and make Jesus known by just sharing the gospel, man. Sharing the gospel. It seems like an oversimplification, but again, the detail is in the commitment. Your commitment to believe and trust the gospel. Your commitment to share the gospel. You'll figure it out. You're a smart person. How do I know that? Um, you're here. <laughs> That was a smart choice. <laughs> I just going to remind you, man, you know what? This is, this is what it takes. Jesus Christ was crucified for your sins and my sins. He died and paid the payment of sin that we all owe. And then he was buried and he canceled that debt. And then he rose again from the grave. All right? And he conquered it. And if you would believe on the gospel and trust it with your life and make him Lord of your life, you'll be saved. Know that you know him and share what you know. Amen. We're going to have some uh, people up here to pray. This is a big, probably a big time for some prayer, right? All right. We're going to have some people up here to pray with you. I want to ask you a favor. Don't leave right now. We're not done. Last week, I kind of sat in the back and I saw, I was, as Pastor Justin was finishing prayer, about 30 people left. And I said, where are you going? 
All right, some of you probably heard me. Sorry, sorry, just emotional reaction. I was like trying to worship, man. I got 500 people walking in front of me. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Stay put, man. We're not done. We're finishing on time. All right, I usually have five minutes in the red numbers. Don't worry. Still got 10 seconds, all right? But if you need prayer, come up and pray. We're gonna sing together. We have a very special announcement right after this song, and you need to hear it. And you need to get in because you already fit in, amen? Praise the Lord. Thanks, guys.